Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good news this morning if you like big job numbers, but when you're in the situation that we are in, or if you're Tiff Macklin, you don't want good news right now when it comes to jobs. So we've been reporting, you've been hearing in the news with Dave Bradley that we've added 64,000 jobs in the last month to our country's population, uh, mostly part-time jobs, but we also added more people to the country. And so the big question is, what does this mean? Does this mean that um, Tiff Macklin's going to have, he just said like last week that they were going to not have to raise rates more as far as interest, but is, you know, a higher jobs number in part-time jobs, is that going to change things? Like, how will this work? How how does it affect us, mainly, is what we want to know. So let's bring in someone who might know. Moisha Lander is an economist with Concordia University. Very busy day for you, so I thank you for coming on. Good morning. Good news is not good news in uh, inflationary times, but how do you parse these numbers and what should we take away? Yeah, I, I don't think the Tiff Macklem is sitting there going, oh, dang. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, you know, any signs of strength in the economy is generally to be welcomed and applauded. So uh, I, I'm sure that he's relieved that, yes, Canada is creating jobs and uh, the unemployment number did not go up. So it means that uh, while they're working mostly in part time, they're being absorbed into the economy. And that, that's a good sign. So I, I think that that's the broad picture to take away. All right. And what about the fact that they are part-time jobs? I think that's partly just the changing nature of the economy in which we live today. Uh, the increasing number of jobs are part-time. That's the Uber effect. That's the uh, changing nature where everybody's an individual contractor rather than a lifetime employee of the company. So, um, you know, it, it's partly a function, too, of what type of jobs did the people who were hired want? If they wanted full-time and they got part-time, that's unfortunate. But if they were merely looking for part-time and they got part-time, then, well, they got what they wanted. So in the coming days, you know, we'll, we'll get a, a couple of different ways of spinning this because that's what politicians do. They've got to spin the message. Um, but ultimately, you know, everyday average Canadians like me, like you, like the listeners we have, uh, they're struggling. And they're, they're trying to figure out what, where are we going and what does my life look like in six months and what should I take away? And is October going to, you know, 26 going to mean Tiff Macklin comes out and raises rates again? And so it's kind of hard to figure out where we're at. We've got a flat economy, no productivity, GDP's flat, and we've got all these jobs being, being created and people are looking at it going, why am I struggling so much? Yeah, th what we're experiencing right now was last experienced about half a century ago. So this isn't like your garden variety recession that we're entering into. Right. When you have that combination of uh, a receding economy with higher than usual inflation, this is stagflation. Uh, that was experienced in the 1970s. And so it, mm -hmm. it is a problem for policymakers, for politicians, uh, and for average Canadians that are sitting there saying, uh, if we try and address one of these problems, say that you really want to rein in inflation, then you can jack up interest rates as high as you want until inflation is killed, uh, but you'll destroy the economy in the process. If you want to try and boost the economy by giving it a shove with government spending or tax cuts, that becomes inflationary. So right now it's a matter of politicians uh, and the central bank trying to figure out 
which one of these is the bigger evil? Which one of these is the one that Canadians have to deal with uh, right. the, the, the most? Yeah, because Tiff Macklem did say, look, th- these prices are, are going to stick around for a while. We're not going down to 2%. I don't know. We're not going down to 3%. So people are going to have to settle in and kind of uh, it's going to stick around for a while. And so what do you see as the worst problem? The sticky stag inflation, you know, stagflation, um, you know, or another interest rate. I'm not sure the average Canadian is looking at this going, oh, either way, I'm paying higher prices for quite a long time. Correct. So if it's up to me, the bigger fear is inflation. Because economies will always bounce back from a recession. They always have, and they've always come back stronger. Uh, But trying to tame inflation is a very difficult task. And once you let that genie out of the bottle, as we've seen, it's really hard to get back in. So if you're going to have to let something go, uh, I'd let the economy maybe experience a little bit of a worse recession than we were hoping Mm -hmm. for in exchange for making sure that you get that inflation back to 2% and you don't let it move again. Um, you know, I, part of it was COVID and so it couldn't be avoided, but uh, that that's the one that really needs to be controlled. And so if that requires interest rate increases, much as it's going to hurt Canadians, uh, letting inflation run loose, it's gone to 4%. And look at the way yeah. that we're behaving. Uh, we're not mm-hmm. talking about oh, yeah. inflation, right? But that's the way that we lose our minds. Uh, you, you don't want that to happen again. Yeah, I mean, back in the 70s and the 80s, certainly it was hell uh, for a lot of people. I mean, my family remembers it well, but but we also didn't have social media and 24-7 news cycles, and we didn't have a lot of spin. It was just like you lived in your own misery, and, and that was that. Um, and so where do you see them? What's the conversation the bank, the, the, the folks at the Bank of Canada would be having? Okay, so we raise rates and hurt people, or we, we have to get rid of this inf- like sticky inflation, because we don't want this sticking around longer than it than it is. Hey, I'm looking at this thing. Either way, people are going to be hurt. You're right. And so maybe the way that today's numbers are viewed then is that the economy is strong enough that it can absorb another interest rate increase, right? If the jobs number came in where the unemployment rate had jumped above 6% or that jobs weren't being created or that the fast-rising population that we've been experiencing over the last couple of years is not capable of absorbing mm. everybody into it, then at that point, then the Bank of Canada can say, all right, uh, it's not strong enough to handle another dose of higher interest rates. But maybe it's not that you have to increase it half a percentage point, a full percentage point, but maybe when they sit down, they can say, all right, we can nudge this a quarter of a percentage point, and there's at least enough strength there that it can handle this. Right. Well, well, the economy might be able to handle this. I'm not sure the average Canadian can. And, and that's the problem is if there's another interest rate, that means more mortgage issues and more mortgage strife for a lot of people that have already started to hit that wall. And so, you know, that that's a it's a tougher decision to make, but it doesn't mean people are not going to have to pay the price. No. And, and part of the problem is that for years, when the Bank of Canada has been cautioning that we are spending too much, when we had parliamentarians yeah. standing up in the House chiding people for spending too much and you got to rein it in, we didn't listen. Nobody wants to hear somebody telling you that the party's going to end one day and it's going to end badly with a hangover. So I, I think that part of this is our own doing. But I think one of the good things is that banks don't want to take our homes. They don't want us to default yeah. because it means they don't get back their money. And but, so they will. They will but they will. But they will, boys. They will. They will work with us. So I've already seen stories of people who've now found that their mortgages are going to run to 47 years because the banks have yeah. restructured in a way that they're going to get back their money. So look, nobody wants to think about paying half a century worth of mortgage payments. But the fact is mm-hmm. the banks will work to restructure rather than just take your home because it, it's not an asset of, of great value to them 
all they can do is just sell it on to the next person and, and probably at a loss. So they'd rather try and find a way to work within higher interest rates. Uh, and, and so they would probably be accommodating if you approach them and say, help me out here. Um, I, I want to make my payments. I just need a little bit more time or flexibility. Yeah, it's tough. Albeit, uh, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to want to uh, keep amortizing houses over 90 years, and I, I don't think that's sustainable. And so, what's what is like a what do you see the banks doing? Um, you know, uh, as far as kind of trying to work with people, how far should they be going trying to make things work and holding people over? Because the longer you go in your amortization motion, you're not paying down your principal. You don't want to be stuck kind of just giving money to the bank to hold a loan for you. Correct. So I, I think that where the banks will see this is that they understand that the increase in interest rates right now is merely to tame inflation. And once inflation right. is back down to 2%, then there is scope for the Bank of Canada to cut interest rates by about two percentage points. And so the, that would shorten the amortization period. So this is merely a temporary stopgap to get us through the period of high inflation to give the Bank of Canada space to make sure that it is brought down without destroying individuals along the way. Uh, and then the idea is that, that yeah, the, more, the amortization will come from 47 years back down to 20 years. Uh, and so I, that's why I'm saying that I think banks want to work with us at this point because uh, they recognize this is more a temporary phenomenon than an indicator of, of uh, permanent behavior. And the hope is that Canadians will learn from this the way that the previous generation learned from the 1980s experience and the way the generation <laughs> before that was scarred by the Depression uh, and altered their behavior as well. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those lived experience uh, moments. But nonetheless, uh, we'll wait and see on this. Appreciate you parsing through the numbers. Anytime. Thank you so much, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. You as well. All right, that's Moshe Lander. Can we say happy Thanksgiving? I'm not sure, um, because it's a bit of a mixed message. It's like, okay, uh, strong economy, but <laughs> we're going to have to raise interest rates.